This is episode number 141 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, it's Anita here. Before we get to today's episode, I'm excited to share that two new postpartum recovery bonuses have been added to my Bump to Birth course. The first bonus is a six-week postpartum recovery exercise series, so you'll have the guidance on pelvic floor and core rehab and retraining exercises and tips to help you feel more supported during each week of your initial postpartum recovery. The second new postpartum bonus is a postpartum recovery meditation created by Mitt Stone, who is a labor and delivery nurse, doula, and mindset coach. This meditation is helpful not only for your recovery after birth, but also for bonding with your baby and transition to parenthood. Also recently, by popular demand, I've permanently included my partner labor prep workshop in the Bump to Birth course, so your partner can also feel prepared with strategies to support you during birth and postpartum. If you're not familiar with Bump to Birth, it's my online program that guides you step-by-step to understand and connect with your pelvic floor and core in pregnancy, strategies to prepare your mind and pelvic floor for labor, how to support you and your pelvic floor during pushing, and a recovery plan for your first six weeks postpartum. The program has demonstration videos and downloadable audio lessons, plus handouts to complement each lesson. The course also includes a bonus private members-only Facebook group where you can ask questions, plus I do live Q&A sessions every other week so you get the support you want and need during pregnancy and postpartum. Other bonuses include expert interviews, online pelvic floor and core yoga class, and strength training workouts that can be used in pregnancy and postpartum, plus a pregnancy and labor meditation audio track that includes pelvic floor relaxation cues so you can also prepare mentally for birth. So if you're ready to feel prepared physically and mentally for birth, plus get a head start on your postpartum recovery, join me and many other expecting moms in the Bump to Birth course. To get started today, go to bumptobirthcourse.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell and Anita Lambert. Today we are chatting about what to do if exercise or working out seems to be making your back or pelvic pain worse during or after exercise in pregnancy. So this is something that I hear from lots of people who are writing me in the DMs who are saying that they want to be exercising and moving their bodies in pregnancy, but it seems that their workouts are actually making them less comfortable. 
particularly after the workout. So they might even feel okay during workout time, but in the next one, two, three days after that exercise session or the workout, they are not feeling good. And like their pain, their achiness in their body has really ramped up. Do you see this with your physio clients? I do. Yeah. And it is one of those things where I think most people are just told, well, just don't do that or just stop. And I know you and I are on the same page where it's like, we want to keep our clients, including in pregnancy, as active as they can be, as they want to be, um, because there are so many benefits to exercise in pregnancy. So yeah, it's about, you know, finding ways or why it might be happening. How can we adjust the exercise they're doing? And we'll, we'll talk about a few recommendations that people can try. Yeah. Okay. I love it. So that is so true that the advice tends to be, don't do it, throw it out, stop doing that exercise, don't work out anymore, or just go walking. That's a biggie too, that we're both not super fans of without trying all the modifications that can exist. Okay. So tip number one that I will tend to go to with my fitness coaching clients first is to reduce the load. So for my people, they are using strength training type exercise as usually their main modality of movement because that's what they love. It's accessible in their life. So we will say, let's reduce the load, the resistance, the weight by this much and try it again. And this is also why I program in four week chunks of time for pregnancy, postpartum, all of my clients is so we can use the same workout and test it again and again and again. If we're just switching workouts all the time, that can be totally fine and really work for people. But in a coaching relationship and when we're trying to figure some stuff out that might be happening with your body, I really like to use the same thing so we can test, use the same exercises, and then see what happened. So just reduce the load or the resistance you might have been using in that workout and let's see how it goes from there. So if it felt like maybe a seven or an eight out of 10 with the perceived amount of exertion you were doing, so it felt like a seven or eight out of 10 on like a challenging level or a hardness scale, bring it back to maybe a six and let's go from there. The next thing that I would recommend is to lower the actual volume of exercise that you are doing. And this tends to be important for people who are getting further towards the end of a pregnancy, third trimester, because the body has adapted and changed so much throughout those first and second trimesters that really we might need to take a good hard look at what your body can actually handle right now. Or perhaps you're just in a stressful period of your life, pregnancy or maybe other stuff loaded onto you. And your nervous system, quite simply, cannot handle as much stress in the form of exercise. I know that we think that exercise is like the very best thing we can be doing in our lives to reduce stress, and that might be the truth. And it also might be the truth that exercise is adding to some stress you might be experiencing. So let's cut it back. So with my clients, what we would do is just chop the workout in half. So you have six exercises in workout A. Let's do three exercises from workout A today, 
see how you feel tomorrow, and then do the second half, those other three exercises in two or three days and see how we go from there. So literally spread your one workout out over multiple days at a time. If it takes you four days to do one workout as it's programmed or written, that is totally, totally fine. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's a great point. And also thinking too, you know, why do you feel you need to do, let's say the full workout you've been programmed um, or what you were doing before? Is it like, is it because you feel like you should? Is it because are you thinking that you're training for birth? Because this often comes up and we'll talk about a little bit more in the next um, tip. But is that the reason that you want to continue doing exactly what you're doing? Are you training for postpartum? Um, is it for how you're talking about stress? So is it for like mental health? Like, why do you feel you need to do the same thing? And yeah, could you adjust it? If you did less, does that does that mean anything if you actually did less? Maybe you would actually feel better. Maybe you would actually have more energy at the end if you did less. So I think, you know, going back and just checking out the narrative that's going on with you um, of why, if you were to cut it, um, the amount you're doing, what does that mean to you? I really think that is such an important reminder. What are you attaching meaning to? And that can be really difficult for people who maybe identify as athletes or athletic going into pregnancy when you're used to exercising and training in some certain type of way, or even people who have a tricky relationship with exercise and have over-exercised in the past and used exercise as a tool perhaps to control their body in some way. So such a good reminder what are you attaching meaning to if you don't complete a whole workout or a whole 30 minutes? What are you believing about that story? And I also think that this shows up for my clients with walking, as we talked about earlier in the episode. A lot of people have these ideas that they want to walk a certain number of minutes or a certain length of a distance. And when they become perhaps unable to continue with that throughout pregnancy and towards the end, because it truly is not that comfortable for them anymore, we take a look at this too. Like, what? why do we need to walk those 20 minutes every single day? What is the attachment to that? And normally it's just like they heard that they should get this many steps in, or they heard or were told that walking for this many minutes a day is beneficial for their health. But is it when it's causing you a great deal of pain and then you can't really move well in your body the next day? What is that benefiting to anyone? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So the third tip is to add relaxation exercises and mobility exercises into your actual workout that you might be doing, whatever that is. And that again, could be strength training, or it could be walking, doesn't matter. So add them in to the workout and then after the workout too. Why do you like to do this with your people? Yeah, I love to do this, especially in pregnancy. So a variety of reasons. So if I'm seeing a physiotherapy client and with what we've you know, assessed and, and found out is that they tend to carry tension in their pelvic floor. And it, whenever I talk about that, because I think it is mentioned more now, which is great, but to know that tension in the pelvic floor is kind of a, it's an 
aftermath of something like something is is causing that tension to be there because that's what our body does when it tries to kind of protect ourselves is often tension in the pelvic floor can be part of that so related to stress whether mental physical or emotional um so what i typically do is with those clients especially if they love strength training i want them to keep doing it but what might be helpful is then bringing in some mobility exercises or um I like to kind of use different prenatal yoga postures and kind of bring that into, so whether it's, if you're doing kind of sets of exercises, we'll bring that in between so they can focus on their breath, relaxing their pelvic floor in between doing that, and then they continue. And I find it really helps because if they tend to be more on the side of having pelvic floor tension, I talk about, it's also the same with throughout your day. If we can have that kind of focus throughout your day or throughout your workout on relaxing then by the end of your workout or the end of your day there isn't as much to think of releasing essentially so I find it works super well um, mobility too we've talked about before we've had specific episodes on it Jess and I talked about how it was key in both of our um, pregnancies especially our second ones it really helps with comfort but also when you're thinking about birth I think there's so much discussion or so much talk about training for birth. And especially if you come from an athletic background, this idea of like, I need to be strong for birth. And from all the clients I've seen, which has been like hundreds of pregnant clients going through my own pregnancies and birth and you as well, Jess, to be honest, you can't muscle through labor. It's really about how much can you let go and release into labor physically and mentally that's what's going to serve you the best. Yes, going into to birth can be great to be strong because that can help postpartum. But if you never work on this relaxation, release work, mobility work, when you get into labor, it can just be harder to connect with that. And that really is what you need for the event of birth is to know how to do that. So if you can bring that into your workouts, that's kind of how you're training for birth versus necessarily the weight workouts themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> I just identify with that so hard, especially my first pregnancy and birth. Yeah. Just thinking that you could like power through or yeah, being fit enough for birth and labor. Like we really just need to throw out that idea and really look at this significantly differently. Exactly what you're speaking about right now. So another way that I love to do this is actually making it part of the circuit, which is what you were talking about too. So say we have a circuit of three exercises. I would program that as A1, A2, A3, and then the exercises are whatever they are, but make the second or the third movement in that circuit a relaxation or a mobility exercise. So that is the exercise. And then we train ourselves to believe that this is just as important as the deadlift or as the pull-up, the breathing exercise or the stretch, whatever it is, it is just as valuable. So that might take some mindset work, but I, we can't stress how important and how valuable this really will be to you. Yeah. And just to kind of one last part about the mobility work with exercise is, for example, clients I have that have, we call it pelvic girdle pain, which is the umbrella term for pain around the pelvis, which could be pubic symphysis pain, could be SI pain, could be tailbone pain, could be hip pain, is there are some specific mobility exercises I find extremely helpful. 
and I'll have them even do them before their workout. So whether they want to think of it as a warm up or however you want to term it, I find can make a difference because if that can help them be more comfortable going into their workout, they may repeat them in the middle of their workout or at the end, but that can make a big difference. And when it comes to pelvic girdle pain, Jess and I were talking about this before we hit record, is there's still a lot of information out there about, you know, keep your legs together, especially with pubic symphysis pain, like don't, don't do any asymmetrical exercises. So for example, lunges, only do squats, only squat to a certain depth. Um, all of these like don't, 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 don't. And to be honest, what I find, and when you look at more up-to-date research and kind of what's been talked about with pelvic girdle pain is it's not, not necessarily true. Like actually having your knees open actually is really helpful and it is not going to injure or damage if you have pelvic girdle pain, especially pubic symphysis pain, that area is very supportive and stable and strong. So actually having the knees open in a variety of different mobility exercises is actually helpful, helpful for pain, helpful for preparing for birth. Um, so I thought I would mention that. So including some of these exercises at the start of your workout could then actually help your workout be more comfortable. Genius. I feel like we need a, another episode on pelvic girl pain to really drive home some of those ideas. Yeah, so we'll get to that. <laughs> we will. We'll post in the show notes um, one we had done before so that you can check that out. But yeah, I think we're due for another one. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Tip number four is simply to move in different positions. And for me with my clients, this will look like programming exercises in different positions. And while this could be your actual body alignment and say your posture, I also mean do exercises that are not just standing. Cause I think this is what we see so much of in strength training based exercises is that we have bicep curls, squats, standing rows, standing chest presses, standing pal-off presses, all the exercises are standing. And when you're 37 weeks pregnant, that might feel terrible. So get on an incline bench if you have access to one. Kneel on two knees, kneel on one knee, do exercises sideline, do them seated, anything, any variation. So again, if we have exercise programmed as A1, A2, A3, maybe we have a standing, a seated, and a sideline exercise within that circuit. What I have noticed, again, from <clears throat> working with hundreds of pregnant fitness coaching clients is just that difference in how the body is positioned and supported, even the getting up and down off the floor, all that stuff can be helpful and feel more comfortable on the body during, but then again, particularly after the workout too. Yeah, I love that. And I often bring stuff back to birth just because I know, again, with strength training, people are um, kind of thinking about that, about training for birth. And what I love about this is in labor, whether you've already been learning this in your pregnancy or if you're going to be learning this a little bit later on is labor positions. And like everything just talked about is our great um, positions to labor in or that you may need to be in for labor or for birth or for pushing or for any reason to do around labor and birth. So if 
you incorporate all those variations within your workouts or whatever type of exercise you do in pregnancy, just think about when you're in labor, your body is like, okay, I've been in these positions, you know, comfortable ways to get into those positions that could really help versus if you've never been in certain positions um, and labor, let's say someone suggests it to you, but you've never been in it, you may be more apprehensive to try it or because you just don't know what it feels like. So think of the different positions as a way for training for birth versus necessarily the strength training exercise itself. Yeah, love that. Last two tips we want to give you. Number five is to use different weight modalities. So again, specific to strength or resistance training, if you're always using barbells, maybe let's play with some dumbbells. Or if you're always using kettlebells and dumbbells, maybe we go to body weight and band type exercises. So perhaps just switch up the modalities you're using if you have access to them. And if you only have dumbbells, maybe we do some body weight exercises instead. It just might switch up the amount of tension that you're placing on your body in some ways that could be helpful to you. So we might still work at the same intensity level, but again, the actual modality or what you're lifting has shifted. Mm -hmm. And I love this because this goes back to something we talk about a lot is variation. Just doing something a bit different, using something different, which might feel different on your body, um, which can help for all the different things required of your body in pregnancy, whether it's lifting or any you know, daily activities. And then also when it comes to looking ahead to postpartum, this can also serve you because you're going to be lifting or doing different things, different um, weights, different volumes and all of that postpartum as well. So just think of it that it's just, you know, doing something a bit different and your body likes variation. So, yeah. Perfect. And the last tip we're going to give you is to play with the weight principle. So W-A-I-T, weight. This is something that I try to impart upon my pregnant and postpartum clients. So the W stands for whole body. The A is for alignment. The I is for inhales and exhales. And the T is for tension. So whole body, alignment, inhales, exhales, tension. So if something doesn't feel great or right, or it's ramping up your pain, this is where we will go to as well. So we'll take a look at the W. Are you using your whole body in those movements or were you trying to just lift with your upper body, for example? And what happens in that deadlift when you try to recruit more of the lower body to help you along? In terms of alignment, looking at your tendencies, are you lifting in the same position for every single rep, for every single exercise? And is there a way that we could try to shift that slightly and see what happens instead? So with the inhales and exhales, really this is just about how you're breathing during the movement and the exercise. And again, is this something we could change? Are you noticing that you are holding your breath on certain movements at certain weights? Could we try exhaling or inhaling at certain points? Could we try breathing through a whole exercise? Could we try exhaling through a whole exercise? 
again, it's really just about changing something and seeing what happens. And then the T in that WAIT acronym is about tension. So noticing the tension that you are creating in your whole body, but then perhaps specifically your abdominal wall, your belly, and your pelvic floor too. And maybe your glutes. Are you gripping in all those places? Are you holding a lot of tension in your abdominals because you think that it will help, say, quote unquote, protect your lower back from hurting so much, or it will protect your SI joints in the back of the pelvis from hurting if you grip your glutes super tight or if you squeeze your pelvic floor nice and strong. Maybe we need to release and let go of some of that tension. Or on the flip side, maybe there are exercises where you need to add a bit more effort in lifting through the pelvic floor on a few of those reps. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 